0: A great parent is not the one who gives the most money. Not the one who gives the most toys. Not the one who gives the best place to live. A great parent is the one who gives attention. To be a great parent, all you need to do is be present with your child. Not give presents, be present. That's all kids really want. They want you to notice them to be loved, to be wanted. The best parent is the one whose eyes light up when their child enters the room. The parent who makes a promise to love unconditionally. The parent who leads by example. Not by what you say, but by what you do. Kids will never pay attention to your words. They will always and only pay attention to your actions and your intentions. A great parent works on themselves. A great parent makes their own mind strong, knowing their kids will likely follow in their footsteps. Heal yourself, make your own mind strong, so your children can see the clearest example of what a great life looks like. Setting a clear and strong example of what type of human being you want your kids to become starts with you. It's up to you to set the example of kindness, and compassion toward others. To set the example of what it is like to be yourself. To set the example of living a magical life that you choose. That's what a great parent does. Set their child free. Allow them to be themselves. Allow them to make their own decisions. Live your life in such a way that when your kids think of kindness, compassion, strength, authenticity, and real joy, they think of you. A great parent knows not to allow anything in their life they don't want their children to reproduce in their lives. That includes toxic relationships. That includes bad habits. That includes making decisions based on fear. A great parent listens. They don't lecture. A great parent supports, never shames. A great parent guides and sets free. Being a parent is not a job, it's a privilege. Being a parent is not a burden, it's a blessing. They are always watching. What kind of role model will you be for your children?
2: so i created a poll yesterday on my instagram stories and it wasn't really for anything it was just kind of for my own entertainment and one of the questions on that poll was do you let your kids watch more than one hour of tv a day because i have a huge like guilt thing if my kids ever watch more than an hour of tv in a day i feel really guilty but what was really interesting was when the answers started coming in and i started realizing that the majority of the people said no i got really ashamed that not only have I failed like my own personal standard, but according to the rest of the world, I'm a really bad mom, but I did something. You know, if you swipe up, you can kind of see who answered those questions. And the really interesting thing is 80% of the people who answered no, do not have kids. They don't have kids. They were just saying, hypothetically, if they had kids, they wouldn't let them watch more than an hour of TV. Well, me too. Hypothetically, if I didn't have any kids and I was just dreaming about having kids, yeah, they would watch no TV a day. That's one of the main reasons why I think us moms feel like failures every single day. One, because we're trying to live up to our expectations that we set for ourselves before we had kids. Two, we're trying to live up to the expectations of the world most of whom don't have kids. And three, those are all bad expectations. Like they're false expectations. They weren't like biblical. Nobody like wrote them in stone. Like you absolutely have to do these things. And we're drowning, trying to live up to these Expectations that shouldn't rule our entire life. They should not define me and my value, and yet I let it define me and my value when I have to let my kids watch more than an hour of TV. Whether I'm at the doctors and there's a babysitter watching them, or whatever it is, I still feel so ashamed. And I'm not even the one who turned on the TV. It's some stranger in the church nursery that did it. One thing that I've mentioned a lot on my channel here when I do these mom motivational videos is that our job is impossible. Our job is impossible. No one fulfills like the perfect mom role at all. Not even like that perfect mom on YouTube or Instagram that you're thinking of right now, like the super mom, she doesn't even feel like she fills that role. In her secret heart of hearts, she feels like a bad mom because of X, Y, and Z. None of us feel like we perfectly fulfill the super mom role. And then we expect ourselves to be like motivated to go like clean the house up and down scrub it backwards and forwards and like spring clean and like Marie Kondo the heck out of each closet and my goodness I can't even manage like mommy friendships never mind organized closets and we sit there comparing ourselves like golly I don't measure up to her and she's skinnier than me and she's prettier than me and she has more kids than me and (sighs) guys you wonder why we feel so bad about ourselves all the time people just keep like telling you you're not enough because you're not. You're not enough. We will never be enough. Y'all know I did a Bible study on Mary and Martha fairly recently, I'll link it right here or whatever. And in it, we saw that Martha was being a really good first century Jew. Like, so many people want to knock Martha, like, oh, don't be a Martha, stop cleaning, come sit down on the couch and, you know, sit on your tushy. But she was being a good Jew. Like, she was doing 100% what a good woman would do. Mary, on the other hand, Jesus, like, praised her for, for how she acted. And she didn't worry about the housework, she didn't worry about anything else. Her attention was on Jesus, and Jesus praised her for that. But I think the big part that we miss there is that Martha was consumed, all of her attention was dialed in on things that don't matter. Jesus said that she chose those things. She chose to care about them. She chose to make them important to herself instead of being like, you know what, it doesn't matter. Like, okay, let me give you an example. I have refused to let my husband go to like the hardware store and just get normal numbers for a mailbox because I have a Cricut machine. And so I can cut those numbers, those little stickers, I can do it and I can save us three bucks. But we've lived in this house for six months and I have yet to sit down with my machine and cut those numbers. I wanna do them in a cute little font and I gotta figure out what cute little color I wanna do them in. And they're gonna be perfect. I might do a little monogrammed thing. And I have a choice here. I can either shame myself for not getting a chance to sit down and do those stickers, or I can just be like, yeah, let's go get those stickers at the store. They can be the traditional, normal ones. I don't care. So often we choose to care about the silliest things we choose to weigh ourselves down with. Like I'm ashamed that I've got four laundry baskets sitting in the laundry room that need to get folded right now. Who said that's bad? Like they're clean clothes. I washed them. Way to go Faith, you washed your laundry. There's no like universal rule that you have to fold your laundry, okay? There's two sides to everything. And and, you know, obviously there's like, we gotta have wisdom. Y'all get what I'm saying? We can't be extremists here. But I think so often we allow ourselves to be guilt tripped and we choose to care about like silly things that don't matter in all of eternity. They don't matter for God's will be done God's kingdom come. They don't matter for like the well being of our marriage or of our kids or of our house. They're just frilly things. And we worry about them. And they, like, we let them dominate our brain space and you can't even focus on like getting the dishes done or like basic stuff because you're so overwhelmed with the fact that you don't have the right wreath you want for your back door, which nobody ever uses. That kind of stuff is what I'm talking about. Jesus says, if anyone's gonna follow him, they need to deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow him. And it's really interesting because everybody in the first century was looking for the Messiah. He would come out and dominate and like kill a bunch of people and like, take this Rome and like take over the place. And he was gonna be the Messiah and he was gonna be this awesome military leader and it would be great. And then he comes and he's a suffering servant. And he's like, yo, I'm gonna die for you because I love, and come and follow me, pick up your cross, the symbol of death, the the symbol of being like a loser, and come and follow me. Die to yourself and come and follow me. And they're like, I thought you said you were the Messiah. I think that's what we think. We think, you know, being a Christian mom, we think being this awesome, clean, perfect Christian mom looks like kind of what they thought the messiah would look like like dominating having the perfect like instagram and facebook and the christmas cards that are perfect and the wardrobe and the body and the kids and the marriage and the house that's perfect and jesus is like whoa that's like not what i came to do like i didn't come so that you'd be perfect i came that you might have life and life to the fullest and the irony of it all is life is dying to ourselves and following him because he is true life that we might not thirst ever again so mama i don't know if this was the motivation you needed that's like i want to give you guys like what y'all need um but i think at the end of the day Nothing will motivate more than the truth of God's word. So dial in, hear this truth. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses? himself. Mamas, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're thinking about, what's dominating your brain space, but where can you die to yourself today? And just focus on what you're called to be. You're called to be a mom to whomever God has given you. You're called to steward the good gifts that God has given you, whether it's food and clothing and housing or whatever it looks like. How can you steward what you're called to, what you're given today? and run after the cross, which we're called to. I hope this video has encouraged you and given you some motivation in your Christian mom walk. Check out this playlist for more videos like this and check out this video for a little bit more of a Bible study on Mary and Martha. See you guys in those videos.
3: My mom would be at all my sporting events. Let's say I was playing football, okay? My mother would be on the sidelines, and if the play on the field started going one way, my mother would run along like, Mark, get him, get him. I'd be like, oh my gosh. I'd get in the huddle with the other guys, they go, Mark, is that your mother? i go, no, I never saw her before in my life. <laughs> See, the greatest gift my mother ever gave me, she believed in me. I have overdosed on drugs on three occasions where I should have been dead. But I believe I was kept here for a reason. You show me your friends, I will show you your future. How do I know this? I hung out with losers, and I became the biggest loser of them all because I gave up everything I dreamt about as a little boy because of who I chose to surround myself with. My friends would drive me home at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. We'd be drunk and high, laughing in the car, we pull up in front of my house in New York, they go, Mark, Mark, the light's on. I go, oh man, my mother's up. See, my mom wouldn't go to bed until she knew her son was still alive. I'd walk in, she'd say, hi Mark, how was your night? I go, it was good, Mom, I'm just gonna go to bed. She goes, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? I go, Mom, I'm tired, I'm just gonna go to bed. She goes, Mark, I haven't seen you all day and all night, can I please talk to you? I said, man, just leave me alone, you bug me. I'd slam my bedroom door. On the one person who believed in me. I was on a worldwide tour and we were wrestling overseas in Japan. After my wrestling match, I went upstairs in my hotel room and I fell asleep. There was a knock at my door at 3 o'clock in the morning. I got out of bed and I looked through the safety window and I could see it was a Japanese promoter. So I opened the door and he said, Mark, you need to call home. There's been an emergency. I went and got on the hotel room phone. I called back to the United States and said, Hey, what's going on? I said, Mark. I don't know how to tell you this. I said, just tell me what happened. I they started crying. They go, Mark, I can't tell you. I said, just say it. They said, Mark, your mother died. I just threw the phone down. I ran out of my hotel room. I took the elevator to the lobby and when the doors opened up, I just ran out into the street. I mean, there was no cars, there was no people. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. And I walked down the middle of a street in Hiroshima, Japan. And I remember looking up and just saying, Mom, I am so sorry. I flew home for her funeral. And I was so nervous to walk up to her casket. So I just stood way in the back. And I kept looking from a distance. And I kept thinking to myself, Mom, please wake up. Please get up. And then I finally got the nerve to walk up to her. And as I got closer, I could see my mom for the first time. I mean, she was so beautiful. She she was dressed in white. I mean, she looked like an angel. And I just stood over it. I said, Mom, you are my hero. Everything I am, everything I hope to be was because of you. You love me so much. You gave me a life. You're the only one that ever believed in me. How did I repay her? By getting drunk, by getting high, by getting stupid, by hanging out with losers, for what? All she ever wanted to do was talk to me. I wish I could talk to you now, Mom. I wish you could see what I'm doing. Why couldn't I have been a better son? We are defined by our choices, but if you surround yourself with people involved in drugs and alcohol and pills, it's a dead end. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to tell you I lived that life. It leads to broken hearts, broken relationships, broken dreams, and death. For what, to get high? If you have a mother or a father, when you go home, tell them how much you love them. See, my whole life was about being rich and famous I had to be a millionaire I had to win the race I had to win the race expense my marriage my family my friends for what to be all alone in the world and learned what is truly important and that is how precious this gift of life is and our families and how quickly it can be taken away see I no longer live in time I live in moments see it's not What's in your pocket that matters. It's what's in your heart that truly matters. Love. Love is just a word until somebody comes along and gives it meaning. You. You're the meaning.
1: What, what's the role of a mother if she's awake I, I? Had a client come see me a while back not very long ago Woman in about who's about 30 and trying to make decisions about her life and She was pretty career oriented and so I asked her about although maybe having a bit of trouble with her career I, I've seen this many many times. So this is an amalgam. This is a story. That's an amalgam and I talked to her about the other elements of her life, it's like, well, you know, there's only five things you do in life, so you've got your career down. You know, what do you do outside of your career that's meaningful and engaging? How are things going with your family? It could be your family of origin, your siblings, whatever. Do you have an intimate relationship? And like, what's your plan for your own family? And apart from those five things, there's sort of something like, get some exercise now and then, don't eat, Too badly and try to stay away from the drugs, you know that 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 kind of and the crime that kind of lays out (laughs) life and if you miss any of those five things or If you do any of those other things wrong then you're in trouble and you can get away with missing a couple of them But not all of them, you know And she said something along the lines of well I'm not sure I should bring a child into this world and I thought, oh, God, Christ, you've got to come up with something better than that. Such a bloody cliche, which is what I told her. I said, you know, you must have thought that up when you were 16. It's like, really? That's your... You can't do any better... This was a very, very smart woman. It's like, really? You can't do any better than that? It's like, yes, obviously, this is a veil of tears and, you know, a well of suffering and all of that. You know, if, if you ask 30 people who are wondering about having children why they're wondering, 20 of them will say that and... So that that tells you how original it is. It's not original at all. It's not a thought. It's like this little It's like a it's like a it's a meme. It's something that lives in your mind It's not a thought and it's certainly not something It's certainly not something that you should just take at face value and then say oh well I'm not having a family then it's like no no you kind of look at that and you criticize it a little bit It's like well the pop the it's the other one. That's the other one. That's very common There's too many people on the planet already. It's like I really don't like that statement. <laughs> it's like, just who are you gonna ask to leave? Just how are you gonna get them to leave? You know, it's a serious question. And who says there's too many people? What the hell's wrong with people anyways? Sort of, are running around ruining the planet. Yeah, it's like, I think it was the Club of Rome who, who prophesied, by the way, that there would be so many people on the planet by the year 2000 that there would be widespread starvation. And they were completely and utterly wrong about that. And I think it was the club of Rome who either compared us to a virus or a cancer on the face of the planet. It's like, oh really, that's what you think about people, eh? Hm, aren't you something? Isn't that something to think about human beings? Viruses and cancer. What do you do with viruses and cancer? Invite them in and make them at home. It's like, no, you try to eradicate them. You've got to bloody well watch your metaphors, folks. Because it isn't clear that you come up with them or that they run you. So you better watch them. so anyways, Mary, you know, and Mary's the great mother, right? That she's the mother. That's what Mary is. Whether she existed or not is not the point. She exists at least as a hyper-reality. She exists as the mother. Well, what's the sacrifice of the mother? Well, that's easy. If you're a mother, and if you're a mother who's worth her salt, you offer your son to be destroyed by the world. That's what you do, I mean, that's what's going to happen, right? He's going to Be Born he's going to suffer. He's going to have his trouble in life. He's going to have his illnesses He's going to face his failures and catastrophes and he's going to die That's what's going to happen And if you're awake, you know that and then you say well Perhaps he will live in a way that will justify that and then you try to have that happen and that's what makes you worthy of a statue like that But still the sacrifice of the mother Is it right to bring a baby into this terrible world? Well every woman asks herself that question some say no and they have the reasons Mary answers. Yes voluntarily Mary is the archetype of the woman who answers yes to life Voluntarily, that's what that image means and not because she's blind She knows what's going to happen and so She's the archetypal representation of the woman who says yes to life, knowing full well what, what life is. Not naive, not someone who got pregnant in the back seat of a 1957 Chevy, you know, in, one, in a one night of, 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 of half-drunk idiocy. Not that, but consciously. Consciously, knowing what's to come. And then also allows it to happen, because that's another thing that's a testament to the courage of mothers. And My mother was good at this. My mother's a very agreeable person. Too agreeable for her own good But that's what happens if you're agreeable because you're too agreeable for your own good That's the definition of agreeable, and so she's a nice person and still is luckily She's still alive, and we've had a very good relationship, and I have always Been able to make her laugh which is which is a good thing and but she was tough cookie that woman you know if if uh, Remember once she came across I was out playing in this baseball diamond, little diamond and empty lot, really, in this little town I grew up in. And I was about 10, and she walked by. I was there with a bunch of my friends. And I was about to have a fist fight with this little tough kid that I hung around with. And uh, there were half girls on the team. And the fist fight had some relationship to status, maneuvering, you know, in relationship to that. Anyways, we were going to have a fight. And my mom walked by. She took a look. And i could see from her demeanor that she knew exactly what was about to happen and she looked for a second and then she walked by and i thought whoa good work mom no kidding eh it's like last bloody thing i needed at that moment was for her to come charging up and say you boys aren't planning to have a fight are you it's like Well, yeah, mom we were actually planning to have a fight and now that you came and intervened I actually lost before the goddamn thing even started (laughs) So two thumbs up for mom she was also the person that said because I had some trouble with my dad when I was You know adolescent he had some trouble with me So you know It was 50-50. That's for now. Nah, it's probably 70-30 with me on the 70 end of that being the trouble and anyways, I left home when I was about 17 and uh, She said something really interesting when I left home. She said if it was too good at home. You'd never leave I Thought hey mom. That's pretty good. You know for for an agreeable person. You've got a real spine man So that was pretty good so So You know mother that says this the mother is the person who also says Get out there take your goddamn lumps because you're tough enough so that you can handle it. She doesn't say You just stay down there in your bedroom brooding away because the world is unfair and treating you badly and Your suffering is too much. She says yeah, there's a lot of suffering out there, but you're a hell of a lot tougher than you think you are so
2: Let's have a chat. All right, so you feel like a failure. It's another day, oh, another day with more chores, more laundry, more dishes, more screaming kids, more demands that you will never be able to fully achieve. And you are overwhelmed beyond comprehension cannot ever seem to catch up. You wake up just another day further behind on what you want to get done, or what you need to get done, or what your kids need from you, or what your spouse needs from you, and it's all too much, it's all impossible. You'll never be able to get it done, and you are defeated. So you get on YouTube, you need some motivation, you need some mommy motivation for this trying time in motherhood, right? If you're like me, you have two under two, and it's two babies screaming all the time. Or maybe you're a mom with like, five kids, or a bunch of teenagers, or 20 kids. I don't know what your situation is like, but I know one thing is true for all moms. Our job is basically impossible. Let's be real, it is impossible. We cannot possibly do all the things we think that we ought to do as moms, or we think that our job entails as moms. And so we get defeated, we sit down on the couch, we drink our coffee, and we just think, you know what? I'll just make it through today, and tomorrow I will rise stronger and I'll get the stuff done then. If I can just make it through today, get the minimal amount of work that I need to get done, and make it through until the weekend, I'll be okay. I just need to make it through. But you see, wake up, get off your phone. This isn't just another normal average day. This is another crucial, all important step. It's part of your story of motherhood, your story of being a mom. It may feel like no big deal, turn on those cartoons and hope to float through the day. But those little days, the days that don't seem to mean much are where the really important underlying, cultured into everything we do, messages are communicated to our children about what's important, what matters, and the meaning of this all. It's the day-to-day, how we spend our lives, how we spend our days that communicates not just to ourselves subconsciously what's important, but also to our children, to our spouses, what really matters to us, what's really important. They're watching and taking note whether they realize they are or not. It's not so much random days on vacation or something that stick out in my memory when I think of my mom and the type of mom she was to me. It's the patterns of her life, the habits, the usuals. That's what forms my memories of my mom throughout my childhood. How she chose to sit and snuggle us even when she was exhausted and ready to go to bed herself. Or how she actually talked to me and my friends on our drives home or to and from school. It's the way she worked her bottom off for our family. Those are the things I'll remember forever about my mom because that's what she did every single day. The things that I think of when I think of my mom are the things she does every single day that reveal what she cares about and what's important to her. The things that she did, not just on the days that I was watching, but just all the time. We need to get our own priorities right. What's actually important? What do most days look like? Is that what I want to communicate to my children is important? Very few people wake up ready to go, jumping out of bed, and ready to go love and serve other people more than they love and serve themselves. But that doesn't make it any less of a commandment. We are called or sent out, given the very life purpose to die to self and to give ourselves to the gospel, to be preached in our homes. And that, my friend, is what is most important not our body weight, or the cleanliness of our homes, or the Instagram presence we have. No, the chief purpose of mankind is to glorify God, and that's what we're called to do with our lives. Praise Him, and glorify Him, and preach His gospel, the good news of Jesus, with our lives. Visualize your highest purpose, the reason why you were created, the mom that you want to be, the mom that you are called to be. And start showing up as her.